From Destroy the Hairdresser, I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher, and you're listening to Bleached. So we can start? Awesome. Do, okay. we, do we have to wear these, or is this just... Oh, okay. You don't want to be cool with these? I mean, I like to... I don't know. Okay. I've, I don't never... want to hear myself. Let no, me know. It's kind of is upsetting. It, is it good? This is what I sound like. I hate it. I don't want to hear that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Welcome to Bleached, live from New York. <laughs> literally we, live. We've literally never done a live. live We're doing a live off a of recording off a of live. Um, a lot of you are probably watching this on Instagram, so welcome and thank you. But uh, those of you that are listening a week later or a month later, um, thank you for being a part of this. We have decided to go Bleach 2.0 and upgrade ourselves. And we are now in a studio uh, recording our podcast rather than It's still live, though. It's still, or it's still, like, raw, <laughs> it's unedited still raw, material. It's still for you, but... So you will be hearing Sid cough every yeah, couple minutes. I don't know what happened. Or, like, right before the holiday weekend, of course, I got this, like, scratchy scratch-scratch in my throat. <laughs> Is that a thing? Should I tell that to a doctor? Scratchy scratch-scratch. <laughs> And next thing you, you know, I have full-blown, like, I don't know what this is. I feel like, you know what I feel like? I feel like I sound like, um, you remember on Friends? Probably not, because you were born in 1990. But, <laughs> just kidding. Not only that, but I don't like, I don't think Friends yeah, is a okay. good show. We've already had this conversation. <laughs> We've thought about this for years. <laughs> um, there's an episode where Phoebe gets sick, and she thinks she sounds so sexy. And I kind of feel like that right now. I am. I feel just, like I sound sexy. I'm Do just I gonna sound let sexy? you in on a little secret. You don't sound sexy. Okay, you sound it's like more Mickey nasally. Mouse. <laughs> but I have all my juices and ginger shots. You're doing and, well. Uh, I have my tissue. <laughs> You're so. doing just fine. <laughs> You're doing all right. I'm doing all right. Life's good. What else has been happening with us for catching up? We Nothing. Can... Are our lives boring now? No, I think we've just. We've just been traveling and on vacation and living our best yeah, lives. Summer. I think it's summer, you know. I we're not really busy behind the chair. Um, you know, freelance is kind of on a lull too. So it's just kind of like after the Tonys, everything kind of yeah goes on pause for a minute. It kind of fell off. So I'm just enjoying my time off because I know uh, after this month we kick off a lot of cool things, which we'll talk about later. And um, I think we're, we're going to be really busy the rest of the year. I think we're getting excited for Michael Gordon coming uh, to visit us in New so York. So excited. Uh, and to sit down with us. He does not do very many interviews. So if you get a chance to um, sign up for our August workshop, it is on the 12th. You can visit DestroyTheHairDresser.com for more, ish, uh, for more uh, information and to sign up for tickets. Oh, I'm too far away. You're always, I'm always louder than you. Am I perfect? Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> Don't tell her that. Um, so, yeah, you can sign up for our workshop um, online, destroythehairdresser.com. Get tickets. Bring yourself. Bring your staff. Bring your friends. But I really want everyone that follows us to get a chance to meet Michael Gordon and to uh, ask him questions. I already have a list of questions Me too. that I'm going to be asking him. Privately. Like we'll, yeah. we'll keep him and lock him in a room. And- yeah. He doesn't realize we're going to kidnap him. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this. So podcast, no one but. tell him. So no. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. But we Secrets really <laughs> make friends. <laughs> we really want to have fun with him, and we're excited. <laughs> we're really excited to see him. Um, so that's again, it's August twelfth, and then on August thirteenth, the next day, which is Monday, you are going to have a chance to take a full day class with Sid and myself. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not going to do a hard sell, but you should all you be there. You get the point. You should all be there. You've been on our tour. 
<laughs> you know what we're we're trying to get at. So I actually uh, reached out, which I haven't done this in a while, but I posted some stuff on our Facebook and in our student forum. Um, we have a private Facebook group for just our students, and I posted on Instagram. And I asked basically what questions you had for us and whether they were personal or about <laughs> business, which I'm really stoked that they're all business because one time we had all personal and it was it was a lot of information. <laughs> um, but I'm going to keep doing it because I really want to be able to answer your questions. I know David does as well, and we want to be able to hone in on, on I love a good uh, question. everything that you guys want to know. So um, the first question, can you read that for me? Yes. So Rachel Radford – Wonderful, Rachel Radford asks, how do you find talented hairdressers to join your salon team, and what is considered poaching? Let me tell you what not to do. Yeah, it's a good way to start. <laughs> I feel as if Craigslist or any <laughs> platform like that at this point. <laughs> is not the direction you want to go. I remember working for their, uh, someone in Florida. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, a salon owner. And I remember she would always look for stylists on Craigslist, and then she would have to fire them, and I'm like... Because you're getting that Craigslist quality. Why don't we go for, like, Indeed or, like, Monster.com? <laughs> do, do people even use those things anymore? I don't know. I don't I know for hairdressers. I feel like Instagram. I yeah. feel like Instagram is the way to hire people. You look at their work. You can see what they do. You can also see their you can, shenanigans. You can message them. You can see if they like to party too much. You can look at their store. I don't know. I think Instagram is the resume. I think it is <clears> a way to contact them. And it's funny because Rachel, who asked this question... Um, t- we were talking, actually, I was talking with Rachel, and she was saying that she doesn't know she doesn't know how to fill this one chair. The funny thing is that she does know how to fill the chair because she's already done this before. Mm-hmm. And the way that she did it, I thought, was genius. So it's funny that she's asking this question, though she has she a great... She just wanted us to tell her idea. Yeah. So <laughs> Rachel's idea was, and she might be mad that I'm sharing this information, but um, she had heard of another stylist from one of her clients. Uh, she had, the client says, when I don't go to you, I go to this girl. And so Rachel sent her a product with a little, like, signed envelope that said, your chair is waiting for you. Stop. And so the That's girl brilliant. the girl works for her now. If someone sent me a product. And said, your chair is waiting for you, you yeah. would think you'd consider it. It's it like, be like. It's like being hit on for the, in the public. <laughs> I know. You're like, that guy's really ugly, but he took all this time. <laughs> to do it. You but like he sent me a present. Yeah, he's giving me a present. You start to think about really weird things, you yeah. know. So, I think it was I thought No, it was I think genius. it also shows above and beyond that she was the stylist was searched out for by the salon owner. Yeah. And that the salon owner, you know, is is really taking consideration that she wants this person to work for her. Did she do that with all of her stylists? No, she did it with one and I and, and that person, I don't remember which stylist it is, but she still works for her today. So I think it's cool. Yeah, I think I think that's a wonderful idea. It's funny that she asked that question. Do it again. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, but I agree. Searching on Instagram is the best way. You know, you can find stylists in your your location, uh, around some, your location. Hire someone based on their work, not their availability. Yeah, everyone's available. Yeah, but you can you can find stylists using um, hashtags of yeah. your location, and people should show up or. Whatever location hair or anything I always like tell that. people to host influencer parties. Yeah, host a party. Whatever. This is my favorite response. Oh, I don't live in a cool town. I don't have influencers. Every freaking town has an influencer. Yeah. Just because they might not be on Instagram doesn't mean there's no influencers. There are people that are politically influential. There are people that are financially influential in every community. Absolutely. And so hang out with these people. Invite these people to places. Network with these people. That's how you hire people. You don't do it on not only Craigslist. that. So it, not only might you find the stylist that 
wants to work from you work for you and you want them to work um in your spaces my i feel like my sickness is making my brain stop working (laughs) i don't even know what's coming out of my mouth right now (laughs) i'm so sorry but at the same time you're creating support through the community in Mm -hmm. the industry and so now people aren't you're not a competition anymore you're more of like oh my god i went to this really cool party at their salon even though i work in another salon yeah so it's great it's about People, you, it's not about getting them immediately from that party mm-hmm. or from that gift. It's about planting those seeds and letting people come to terms with it later. Yeah. But to hire someone quickly off Craigslist, please. I, if you have a good story about that, please send it in. Because yeah. I've, I've I can give you a ton of stories that about how it didn't work. Yeah. No, I, I think it's wonderful. And I think to continue to do things like that, remember we're trying to uplift everybody in the industry and be supportive and, and pull each other up rather than, you know, create these divides and walls and competition for no reason. You know? Right. Someone once said to me, there's plenty of hair out there for all of us yeah. to do. There's actually too much hair out there. Who said that? I have no idea. But I remember it. So It's like saying there's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> Same concept. I probably just made it up. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> uh, but it was a good question, Rachel. But uh, to be honest, you already have the, the best answer. But yes, what not to do, don't go on Craigslist. Unless you want to do misconnections. That's my favorite Craigslist Thing. Yeah, but no one's going to go on misconnections for a job. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying if you want to go to Craigslist, oh, that's go to the only reason, the only reason to go. <laughs> I'm afraid to even use Craigslist to like, I mean, I don't really That should be the end anything. of the statement. Yeah. I'm afraid to use <laughs> Craigslist. That should be. Done. Now we've upgraded to let go when I want to sell strange things. Even that, I heard of like a horror story about let go. Which no, is... I get like seven friends with me and I like drop it on them <laughs> in the street and I make them put the money in an envelope and give it to another person. It's a whole thing. I got a system. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, we have another question from Angelica McCorkle. You want to read it or can you not read it? I can't see that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you use your beautiful vision to read for me? She said, how can you recognize when something is your opponent or a risk? So we, we were – Sid and I debated whether we should talk about this because um, some of these questions are from our current uh, coaching students, and they – have been given a set of terminal set of terms. We have verbiage that we use yeah, in our verbiage. program, and they use it very um, fluently. Yeah, in their lives. And so you're going to get a little sneak peek about something called the opponent, which is probably one of the biggest things that we teach. But the opponent is basically our reactive system. And so her question is, how do you know when something is your reactive system that that you have like an adverse reaction to, or is a risk that you should take? I always essentially say, that's what she's asking. Yeah. Right? I, so I always say to my students or anybody that we talk to that. Your opponent or your reactive nature always shows up in the form of fear, doubt, and guilt. So if you're having fear about something, doubt, guilt, that those are your signs to know that something is about to happen reactively. And that it's like people are always like, What's my sign? I don't I need a sign. Oh my god, I wish I had a sign. That is your sign. You are so fearful, you have so much doubt, or you have so much guilt about something, and that is your sign that you need to do not necessarily the opposite, but that's a good place to start to change your reactive nature into more proactive nature. I think risk-taking is the opponent. Like, you're reactive because something is a risk, mm-hmm. right? You're becoming reactive because if like you... like flight or fight. Yeah, like, are you going to jump Are you gonna jump out of the plane or are you not, right? And it's because there's a risk involved. So they're the same thing. The opponent, the reactive system is there for us to even recognize a risk, and then our job is to take that risk. So anyone out there that thinks... And this comes in the form of raising your prices... Jumping ship to a new salon, opening your own business, like this Having is, uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, with staff. Or clients. Yeah, or clients, Ugh. yes. 
<laughs> it's a whole other episode. Sometimes uncomfortable risk taking is just asking a client to pre-book or yeah. to even talk about products. It hasn't even gotten to something negative yet. It's yeah. just pushing ourselves beyond that. That it's like I always say when I have like that pit in my stomach where I'm scared to do something, I have to force myself to do it. And we've talked about this plenty of times with all of you that Dave and I do something when we walk in a room when we're on tour or we're um, doing events and we go around and we just start saying hi to as many people as we can and introducing ourselves. It is not comfortable. It is never comfortable. Ever. Like I always have a, I have a hard time with that. But we force ourselves to do it because it's so much more proactive to be in that room and networking and And everybody to wants people. to connect. It's just that no one knows how and no one wants to make the first move. It's like being at prom. It's like dating. It's just like it's like yeah, it's like you're at like you're at a school dance and you're like, I'm just gonna sit here until someone approaches me. I'm gonna me. hope someone just comes up and steals me. And guess what happens? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happens. So but going back to the idea is the opponent is the risk, right? The the only reason that you can recognize that you're being reactive is because you're about to take a risk. So how do you overcome that? You push yourself to do it. If you want to know more about how we teach and coach uh, in that regard, you can sign up for coaching. But um, it's a great question. We have another question from Alicia Marie Lozano-Smith. Did Love I say it. that right? Yeah. Okay. And she said, how would you suggest starting to specialize? I recently moved into my own studio, which has been amazing, and realize now that I have more control over my career and I primarily want to focus on color and eventually education. Any suggestions for moving in that direction? So glad a new episode is coming out. It makes me feel more productive on my commute. <laughs> well, we're glad that you listen on your commute. I wonder how many people listen on their commute. I feel like a I lot. I listen to so many podcasts on my commute. I don't listen to any podcasts. Okay. Is, that an, is that bad? You listen to ours sometimes. Well, yeah, when I used to edit our <laughs> podcast, I'd have to listen to it. Okay, back to the question. Um, I think if you're trying to move into the direction of education or even um, finding your craft or your, you know, your specialties, like, you need to you need to be able to figure out, A, exactly what it is, um, who your market is, who you are trying to approach, who are the people that you want to teach, um, who your ideal client is, and then start talking about it. I think start talking about it, start putting yourself out there. I, I watch people do this, and they put themselves out there a little bit, and they're like, I did it. And it's like, that's not enough. When we first started, to get to the to, to where we are now, and we are not even close to being done yet, we had we were, I, I mean, I think we were on Instagram every single day. Every single day, all day, talking to people, meeting people, going to salons, you know, just, just trying to make connections with people. Yeah. And I, I think that's the biggest way to get yourself noticed and remembered is 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 by making those connections. And I think when it comes to specializing, you, I think you did it the right way. You just tra- started charging hourly for what you do mm-hmm. instead of. And I only promote what I want to do. Yeah. 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 I don't think spe- I don't think trying to specialize is a difficult thing. It's more your fear. It's more that reactive side of us. It's like if I specialize, I'm gonna lose money. Yeah. When the reality is, I tell people all the time, I specialize as a hairdresser, but or hairdresser, a hair colorist. But if <laughs> Sometimes do I cut my client's hair? Yeah. Is that something that I'm putting all over my Instagram to attract into my chair? Absolutely not. Right. So just because you do a cool haircut, if you do not want to do haircuts, don't, don't show it. Show it. Leave it for yourself. Be proud of it. But show it to your friend. And tell that client to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, don't tell it. anybody to cut your hair. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> our next question is from Emma Rose. What is the most effective way to bring destroy the hairdresser concepts into your business um, for your salon for your salon staff uh, and staff meetings and your one on one? So basically, 
Um, well, first you got to know the concepts. Yeah. And the way that you can know the concepts through <laughs> a few things. Listening to our podcast, reading our blog, signing up for our coaching program, taking our webinars. Signing up for the coaching program is probably the most effective. Jumping on a tour stop. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, first step is learning the concepts yourself. Um, and I think, I mean, I think the best way to answer the question is that once you've once you've learned the concepts, the next level of, of learning something is teaching it. Right? I think that I know that when I teach, I learn more from that. Oh my God. Right? So I think that's the next level for someone, especially like Emma, who's been in our program for about a year. It's time to teach. How do you bring them into your business? You bring them in. Yeah. I think that's one way that our industry stopped being so successful is there was this time in our industry way back in the day that everybody would want to share. And then it became this thing that we, we like, again, created this competition. We were keeping everything secret. And it's just like, ugh, we don't have time for that right. anymore, people. We need to share the things that we're learning. And, you know, we always say, like, to our students, like, go tell your friends what you're, you're learning in coaching, you know? Yeah. Don't keep it a secret. Like, help them. You're going to spread more awareness and create more positive energy in this um, – in our community, yeah, then no one, why not? No one became more poor from sharing. Yeah. It just didn't – it's never happened, and it probably never will happen. So, yeah, if you learn the concepts, share them. Kate Kate Kent, she asked um, – what did she say? Things I have asked myself along my career path that I have now answered. I don't – okay, so maybe she's Maybe already, she just wanted to Maybe she's something. just throwing this out there. Yeah, okay. Okay, so Kate's asking, what if – you don't love your job anymore. Okay. That's the first one. She's a few, so that's the first one. So what if you don't love your job anymore? I think she's saying that she doesn't feel this way now, but she has gone through periods of this. Got it. I I I go through this period once a day. Probably, yeah. (laughs) I feel like your job is almost like a relationship. Yeah. And if it's something that you've committed yourself to and you love and you want to work through it, like you're going to fight to try to find new avenues or spice it up to make it work. I think if you can easily walk away from it, then – Maybe it wasn't something you were very passionate about to begin with. Maybe you just fell into it. Maybe it wasn't something that you really wanted to do. Oh, my God. Um, it is like dating. Right? <laughs> and then I, there was a course that we took about dating. Remember, we, it was through another uh, place. But it was saying that how do you – and I think it relates to this question. Um, how do you, like, keep a healthy relationship? It's the same thing with this. How do you keep a healthy relationship with your job? Yeah. And the answer was to keep dating. Yeah, to keep dating. To keep dating. In order to keep well, the, for dating advice for all y'all, all right? It's got real southern. It's this coldness. Uh, if you want a healthy relationship, always treat the person as if you're dating them. Yeah. And I loved that concept. I think it's true about your job. Treat it like you're you've just started. Yeah. You're learning new things. Every client is the first client you've ever had. Yeah, and that's hard to do, but that's the answer. Yeah. I love that. That's a good question. What if you don't love your job anymore? Hmm. Also. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think it's good to talk to other people to inspire you or find a way to, you know, um, reach out to someone and be like, I kind of feel this way. I kind of feel stuck. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to change environments. Again, I think to it's – To take a risk. I think to it's jump. good to have coaching. Yeah. so Because it gets you through We have coaches. Moments. We wouldn't have never started this company if we, if we didn't have our That's coaches. very true. I wouldn't do anything if I didn't have the person I talked to. So that's good. How do you – Start a professional network. Like your own network or like professional networking? I think it's like how do you start a network where like you're the person that started it? 
like we decided. First on decide if you want to take on that responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Because once you start, you just can't stop. I feel like we didn't we didn't set out to start a network, and I feel like we I think destroy the hairdresser is a network now. Absolutely. So I think it's I think to start your own network, you have to have a mission, and you have to have a willingness to share that mission with anyone that comes your way. Yeah. I don't think it's any more than that. Yeah, I agree. And then it's talking, all and the time, meeting new people, and and not being afraid to talk or meet new people. Yeah. How much money should I actually be making is her next question. Well, it depends on where you live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on that, – that depends on a lot of things. I think the first question is how much do you want to make? Mm-hmm. And then everything has to – like if you want to make $200,000 a year doing hair and you live in the middle of the United States, it might not be as easy. You yeah. might have to move. But then you have to – that's okay because – I mean, we've had people in our program move to do bigger and better things, yeah. and they're doing really well. So I think I think how much money should I be making is – I think the question is how much money do you want to make? It's funny, too. When, when I taught my uh, class – I did a webinar a while ago. I don't know how many of you remember this, but it was called Raise Your Fucking Prices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we talked about that, and you and I have talked about it as well, is when we ask someone how much money do you want to make, they lowball it. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. And it's usually like, well, I just need to make this – or I just need to make – I need to make enough for this Mm -hmm. and that always baffles me because it's like enough isn't enough because even when you make enough it's still not enough and it's just like go high Mm -hmm. go high with it like you know we had that one we have weird guilt about it yeah it's not necessary we had we had one girl on tour who said i want to make a million dollars by this year and i guarantee she'll make the most money in her salon even if she doesn't hit a million dollars just because her mindset is out to make that kind of money no it was a brilliant answer yeah actually we should follow up with her yeah we should see where she's at She's like, I am. <laughs> she yeah. was like, I am the new She's like, class. I retired. <laughs> since, they saw, since they took a class, I retired. <laughs> um, the last question that Kate has, all great questions. The last one is, why is having a coach or a mentor crucial for growth? Oof. I'm going to speak as a student. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, Take it. I, could, I shouldn't speak as a coach. That would be kind of egotistical. <laughs> I speak as a student who has multiple. I have two coaches. And having someone hold you accountable is probably, like, the greatest gift that I've ever been given. Having someone that you trust that can call you out on your bullshit but from a place of love is a beautiful thing. Um, Sometimes it's hard to do life by yourself, guys. Sometimes? (laughs) Sometimes. Life is hard. Life is very hard. It's hard to do things yourself. And when you're trying to take on so much, you know – to have that person that can support you and influence you and guide you and, and sometimes just listen to you is is absolutely priceless. Like, how do you repay that person? And I think it's different. I think people say, oh, I have a really supportive husband or wife or I have a supportive boyfriend or girlfriend or I have really supportive friends. And it's like, that's good. Mm-hmm. But Me too. Yeah, but to have someone who... They can only take so much as well. Yeah, but to have someone who's dedicated, whose job and who's it's clarified that their job is to help you break through your own bullshit, mm-hmm. I think that clarification is very important. Your friends, your friends can help you, but that's not their technical job. They have other things to do. Your spouse can help you, but that's also another job. I'm sure they have a job mm-hmm. that they have to go to, and they if you have kids, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. So I think having someone dedicated. In a in this, you've said this is the person that you are for me, and this is your job. And I think either, whether you're paying them or you're doing something where there's like an exchange, I think that's what makes. I think it's important. I think that's my life wouldn't be. I've had a, the same coach since I was 16. 
I wouldn't have done any of the things that I wouldn't yeah. be on this microphone right now <laughs> without if it. I didn't have her. So it's it's funny because I think when we first started our company, we knew that we wanted to share the concepts that we had created and that we had learned, and we wanted to share these ideas, and we really wanted you know to share or to change the industry and to push it in a more positive direction, and. I don't think that we were ready to take on what we have as coaches. No. And the amount of personal life stuff that we, we deal with with our students and how we've directed them and guided them and helped them and the, the tears on both of our parts. And, you know, you become invested so hard into your students' lives. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I think it forced me as a student to lean on my coach harder, to make me stronger, to push me to be able to – go past the uncomfortable so that I could be a better coach for my students and I mm-hmm. could walk the walk and talk the talk, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good I think that's a good point. I, yeah, it, I, I've always had a close relationship with my coach. Um, I guess I call her my teacher, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, and now that I'm responsible for helping other people, the level at which I have to learn from her is – I've already learned so much, I didn't even know I could learn this much more. Yeah. There's a difference between taking care of yourself and then all of a sudden being like, oh, I'm going to take care of other people. It's a really cool concept, too. And I'm, like, telling my students, and we're talking about saving money, or we're talking about working out to make them feel better. We're, t- we're, we're trying to – I mean, those are just such small things that we talk about. But, <laughs> like, things like that, I'm like, well, I need to go work out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I should start the savings account. Or maybe I should do these things because I, I want to be able to experience the same things that they're doing. Yeah, and I think that's one of the – I think that's what makes us – I think that's what makes our program so unique is that – we are not saying that we have all the answers. We're just here to help you form your own answers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I know that's what my teacher does for me. She never gives me the answer. She helps me create my own answer. And then take responsibility for the answer that I created, right? So that's a big question. Why is having a coach crucial crucial to for growth? I don't think you can grow as quickly or as exponentially without a coach. Yeah. It's like going to the, the answer. It's the difference between going to the gym. And going to the gym with a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. They're, you're going to grow and you're going to develop, but a trainer holds you accountable, pushes you past your limit. A trainer makes sure that you're actually getting the results that you want and you're not just wasting, you know. I, and we can only do so much on our own. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's a great question. It's but helpful. I hope we answered it. Yeah. We had a lot to say about if it. If not, we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for those questions. Those were really great. We need. Hopefully, if you have any more questions, you can always DM us on uh, Destroy the Hairdresser on Instagram. You can email us, info at destroythehairdresser.com. Any way that you can ask questions, we love them. We love answering them. Um, and if you don't want us to use your – we like shouting people out. Um, but if you don't want us to use your name, you can always just tell us that you want to be anonymous. Yeah. Um, but emails, DMs, all those. Facebook, anything like that, you know, I, I collect them. They're such good questions. Yeah. And it really helps us – you know, these are things people are – if you're asking the question, there's 100,000 people asking the same mm-hmm. question. But to get to the meat of our – podcast prime rib i don't know a lot about meat so it's prime rib maybe that is the filet mignon sure filet mignon filet mignon (laughs) filet mignon the salmon (laughs) (laughs) okay the main part today (laughs) um there has been a little bit of an issue with a certain individual who believes that women in our industry um if they want to be taken more seriously, they should stop using the Snapchat filter, the dog filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about the statement, I think, is that the main point that this person was trying to make was that if you want to be taken more seriously. So we wanted to give you steps mm-hmm. on how to be taken more seriously 
in the beauty industry. And this is not just for women. This is for everybody. Yes. yes. Every walk of life on this earth. Um, if you would like to be taken more seriously. Yeah. We have three steps for you to use. They're very simple. Write them down. Write them down. Start using them. Um, the beauty about our steps is that I think you can just use the dog filter if you want. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, Snapchat and Instagram are super fun. and Yeah. We're living in the life. We're, my what a world we live in that we can be. The French bulldog picture. The French bulldog filter my is my favorite. My favorite is always the one with the big mouth. Honestly, if I could build my whole brand <laughs> off that big old smile, I think someone should. The, the, that's their whole the, thing. Yeah. Like, that's their whole brand. It's just Listen, the, and the pretty filter, like, who doesn't love a good, like, clear face? I use it every single time. <laughs> but, um, no shame in the game. Okay, so if you are looking to be taken more seriously in this industry, which is a very difficult industry to be taken seriously in, A, because of our own self-doubt, our own ideas of self-worth, um, the, the ideas that we went to hair school because we couldn't go to college or that we don't make a lot of money, whatever, you know, that's just our own. Fear of taking risks. Yeah, that's our own BS, right? I think this is a big fear of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and just being like, this is me. Yeah. Judge me. Yeah, you know? it's hard. And I think everybody, even even this individual, had every right to po- post that because I think everybody is entitled to their freedom of speech. But we just want to give more proactive steps on... How do we take it more seriously? Yeah, how to be a BA in this industry. A BA in the... I was trying to make something yeah. out of that. What I, I could in here. In the, H, right? in the HI. Yeah. The hair ah, industry. I was like, BA in the HI. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> so... Step number one is going to sound silly, but there's a lot to it, I think. Yeah. So step number one is be yourself. and Wholeheartedly be yourself. Wholeheartedly. And I think that – I know I, I hate to say it, It's so self-helpy, but it's like if you can't do that first step, then you can't – you're not well, going to be taken seriously. Also, not being yourself is so exhausting. I know. I've tried that before. We Yeah, because I think people put on this facade of they have to – they're not professional if they're, they're themselves, and it's like – My first New, my first year in New York was me not being myself. Yeah. And it was – I had stomach ulcers. There's, professionalism <laughs> is like not doing things like stealing or cheating or lying or, <laughs> or you know, cursing or like, you know, like not – those kind of things like behind the chair, but like – being yourself, that's why people fall in love with you. That's, have, have you ever known those hairstylists that really aren't that talented? Yes. But they, <laughs> they're, they are so true to themselves, and they create such a personality and such a, such a light around them that people will never leave them because mm-hmm. of it. And other hairstylists, they're not even good. And it's just like, yeah, but they're true. They're right. true to themselves. So I think, being your, I think that – how do you even be yourself? I think, I think that's another aspect of why coaching is so important is because the one thing that we coach the most on is – Everyone calls us for templates, work, uh, how, yeah. you know, how do you uh, set up a good management team? How do you, okay, I understand those things are very important, but if you are constantly looking for a template for your budget and a template for this and how did they do it, I'm going to copy that, that uh, goes against everything well, about being I think being we're already yourself. doing that. We see so much on Instagram that we forget, we try to copy, right. which some of my students will be like, you say mimic things, and we'll talk about that later, but it's like... We try to be these other people, and it's just, it's it's we're not. And so a lot of things I do with my students kind of break down, like, who the hell are you? Yeah, and how do you want to do it? And how do you want to feel? Yeah, <laughs> no, like, that's our biggest question. And I think – so I think being yourself and, and getting a coach are, are really – you know, they kind of go hand in hand because I know that I didn't always know who I was. I still sometimes don't know who I am in certain situations, but I know with all the tools that I've gained from my coaching background that – 
I can be in any situation and kind of always come back to that. I always, I don't know if anyone plays tennis. I grew up playing tennis because I'm wet as hell. <laughs> and, and when you play tennis, you run back and forth on the court, but you're told that like a good tennis player always goes back to the middle. Yeah. And so I feel like that's what coaching did for me through life is like I'm running back and forth, like trying to make everything happen to make everything work. And But I know with all the tools, I know how to go back to that middle and like gather myself and regroup. So I think coaching is, I think coaching will help you learn how to be yourself. I think there's many ways to find out who you are, but that's the first step. If you can't do that, there's no, you're not going to be taken seriously. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot of people in our industry that are a joke because everyone knows that they're not themselves. They're not themselves. It's like, no, you have to be better under there. There's this really good book and I've talked about it before. It's called You Are a Badass. Yeah. It's so great. Like on figuring out who you are and how to stand up for yourself. There that, there's that cough. Yep. I'm impressed, though. It's only been two. I've been choking it down. Oh. <laughs> Let it out, girl. Okay. All right. Step number two, very very simple idea but very hard to do, is mutual respect. And I think that in our industry, mutual respect doesn't mean I respect you. It means I respect you and I expect you to respect me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we don't know in our industry how to demand respect. I think we just... We don't get it. We get kind well, of... Well, we try to be respectful, but then we're also rude. Yeah. We're, you know, we're a sassy industry. <coughs> we're the kind of industry that says what we want. We're dramatic. You know, we're artists. We're creatives. But there's there's a delicate balance of finding... Respect also doesn't mean that you have to like the other person. It's yeah, absolutely just not. understanding that we're here doing the same thing, and we're artists, and we have this craft, and, and we need to appreciate that. And that's it. Yeah. I And I... And also... Asking for respect when some when someone says something that that upsets you, or they're you know posting things online that are upsetting, like instead of attacking the individual so directly, it's good to you know. There's listen, I love a good. It's good I to love, say, hey, can you elaborate on this? Because I really want to hear your point of view. Yeah, I want to know where you're coming from. Yeah. I want to know your thoughts because sometimes it's not always negative. Right, and if it's if it's hurting, even if it seems negative in the big picture, and if it's hurting you, say something. Sometimes I think sometimes be uh, gaining respect and being respectful doesn't mean you have to be always nice. Sometimes it means listen, what you're doing is wrong, and let me tell you why. Yeah. Right. And I and I think disrespect is when we start gossiping and we start yelling at each other and we start doing. But sometimes things are just wrong, right? And we live in a. I think we're living in a really crazy society right now where right and wrong and black and white, like they're getting very clear and it's kind of it's getting kind of crazy. But having that mutual respect, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's also very hard when you know you're right and the other person might be wrong and you're like, okay, I have to like step back. That's my hardest thing. Sometimes being right isn't the right answer or proving that you're right or defending yourself to your right is not the right answer. Why can't it be? Because that's not how the world works. But that's what I want the world to be. Sometimes you can actually be more right by stepping away. Yeah, that's actually. And letting the other person come to their own realization of processing it and realizing, you know. So the third step, which I think is probably the most important, is having integrity. And I think having integrity means a few things. I mean, the definition is being honest um, and following through, being true to yourself, um, having strong morals. But um, I think Sid said it, you know, it's say who you, you know, be who you say you are and, you know, walk the walk. But I think... Uh, walk the walk, talk the cock, like... Yeah. And, and being able to, like, admit... Maybe what I said isn't going to work. Exactly. <laughs> or it didn't work. But then, but this is my solution. I, we always teach our students, like, when you want to be more proactive and you want to, like, be a, a bigger vessel 
it's it's all about you know having that bird's eye view and and being able to take on what um take on what you want and and being able to admit when you're wrong I, I think integrity is one of the hardest things to have um, especially nowadays with our Instagram and all that like we can say and do and all the all these things and then we're really we're, we're doing none of them yeah so I think it's be who you say you are so those are our three steps be yourself mutual respect and integrity be who you say you are so hopefully this was a good breakdown <laughs> Uh, we had Break que- it down. We had questions. We tackled the topic. Uh, and now we're going to give you some announcements. Awesome. We have so much fun stuff coming up at the end of this year. Um, there's so much. I mean. There's so much that we can't even talk about. So yet. let's start with August. Okay. August coming we'll up. We'll talk about September in our next one. We've already mentioned Michael Gordon is going to sit down with us in person. It's our Sunday social August 12th. New York Summer Workshop. Sign up. Tell your friends. Even if you can't come. Listen, I know that it is not easy for everybody to get to New York, but a road trip is always fun over the summer. <laughs> no one ever came to New York and said, oh, I really regretted going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come hang out with us. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We want you to be a part of this. And um, again, if you can't go, tell your friends. If you know someone in the city, let them know. You know, we really – it's not very often that we can get this wonderful man to sit down and talk to us, and it's not very often that he does it with anyone. Mm-hmm. And we don't want any of our destroyers to miss out on that opportunity to experience this with us because I'm so excited just to experience it for myself. You know, I'm like – what. Everybody has to be a part of this. Tickets are selling out because the space the space that we have is small, so it's going to be a more intimate setting. That's really that's really how we like to do things is more intimate, um, which means that if you come and you're there and you bought a ticket and you show up, you're going to have a lot of one on one time um, with Michael um, and with us. So there's not a lot of tickets left, not a lot of space available. So please, please, please sign up when you can and let us know. Send us a message. Let us know. We don't actually – we don't deal with ticket sales, so we don't know if you signed up or not. So let us know <laughs> if you've signed up so we can get excited. Um, you can find information for that on DestroyTheHairDresser.com. If you're on Instagram, you click the link in the bio. It will direct you there. Um, and go go hang out around the website. And if you're not really sure what to do with it, you can subscribe at the bottom. Um, and then you'll get all the fun updates. Yeah. And in September, right? Mm-hmm. September, we're going to be in Nashville. Yep. Do you know what day – the 14th? Guys, I don't know what day. No, it's towards the end of the month. I think it's the 24th. Oh, the 24th. But don't quote us. So towards the end <coughs> <laughs> towards the end of the month in September, I believe it's the 24th and 25th as well. Mm-hmm. It's around that time. Um, we are going to be doing um, a, a preview of sorts of our new tour that will be taking place launching in September. Mm-hmm. We're launching in Nashville. Um, it's a three-day event or a two-day event? Two-day. Two-day event. It's us and a few other artists that are going to be teaching classes. It's kind of like a pop-up, yep. but it's called the Left Brain Group Blitz. Yep. And so... The Nashville Blitz. Nashville Blitz. It's going to be really I'm cool. I'm so excited to go to Nashville. We have not been there yet. I know. I've never been there. We have friends there, so I'm excited to see our yep. friends and some of our students. So if you want to come to that, um, that'll be the end of September. You can get those dates also on our website. Um and come see us. You'll see a sneak preview. <coughs> She's dying, y'all. It's getting real bad. Uh, you'll see a sneak preview of our new tour coming up starting in September uh, called Risky Business, which you're going to be really excited about our photo shoot that we're doing for it. I'm so excited. Use Don't your imagination. <laughs> um, and then I guess our our 
our next thing after that is our tour is coming up for Risky Business after September. So just like we did last year, if any of you are out there that want to host us again, um, please reach out to us. We would love to come and visit you. We would love to be a part of your salon and your area and your location. And mm-hmm. It's a it's an all-day class with Sid and myself with leadership behind the chair. If you're a massage therapist, makeup artist, anyone in the beauty industry, the doors are open to all of you. Um, and you can DM us, email us for more information on that. But we're just right now we're just taking people that are interested. We're, we're, we haven't set any tour dates. So if you want to be part of that, that'd be great. Love it. And what about the last one? <laughs> I'm we're so almost done. We've sorry. almost made it. I'm We've so almost close. made it. Uh, we are um, taking new enrollments for our coaching program in August. We offer a complimentary conversation, so if you just want to talk to us, see what what it's about, um, how to move forward, you can reach out to us on our website. We are running out of space. We are running out of space. We were only taking 30. Um, We announced that we were taking 30 about three weeks ago, and now we are down to 10. So 10 spots available, whether you're a hairdresser, a salon owner, management. We just got a makeup artist. I know. I know. So wonderful. So It's very exciting. So anyone that's interested in our coaching, we do only have 10 spots available. Please take advantage of them with a a free conversation, um, which you can also get the website. So everything that we went over today will be on the website for you. And we will see you hopefully from the same location. I love it. In two weeks. Perfect. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Bye. Make sure to reach out to us on Instagram at Destroy the Hairdresser. And for more information on all of our DTH programs, you can visit us at destroythehairdresser.com.